what would your five-year-old self say about you? What would she, how would she describe you? <sighs> Let me just ask her. How would she describe me right now? Yes. Ah! <laughs> oh, I think she's intrigued. I think she's proud, actually. And I think, oh, oh, that's a good one, isn't it? I think she's really proud because she loves to write. She loves to play. She loves to dress up. She loves to talk to people and she's got big magical dreams. Oh. And I think that she's like, oh, you came back, you found the magic again. <laughs> and she, like my five-year-old self had no qualms in knowing that she could think something and make it happen or that magic exists and reality is only as we perceive it to be yeah and I think she's like oh good you remembered again oh, oh. I know <laughs> I thought that wasn't too too um overpowering for you <laughs> no it's lovely it's beautiful because I think about her like she loved Enid Blyton and we'd always be like playing the faraway tree like okay. with someone who's very much a very dear friend of mine in my life and would be on the playground playing all these things acting out these stories like immersed in stories and like gorgeous fantasy things all the time and um and also I think at that age we have no qualms about sharing our art or yeah. our words or our beliefs you're like I've done this picture look it's brilliant have <laughs> it on the wall or you're like I wrote this thing it's for yeah. you have it and I think that that is coming back and um what a beautiful opener thank you Zoe that is so gorgeous and yes you're so right I I remember making things for people for my family like for birthdays and Easter and Christmas and I'd just be like I made this thing for you <laughs> and just you know just expected them to love it and they did I'm sure <laughs> sometimes <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness to have a Zoe Foster original gifted at Easter or something that's like <gasps> but isn't it isn't it funny how we just we move away from that and we you know we kind of as well I think there's a healthy moving away of needing that approval as well yes definitely because I think a lot of as children a lot of what we are seeking when we give something is some kind of approval and kind of love and attention and definitely on my own journey that you know kind of realizing I, I don't need those things I'm probably better off without them actually <laughs> that's so true interestingly enough I was I was recording um a couple of chapters for Brilliance Unboxed um that's going to finally be on Audible Yay. Um, I know so I was recording a couple of chapters earlier in my really high-tech studio with the kids duvet hanging behind me of course <laughs> to make a sound booth you know and it was exactly about that about undoing the good girlness and the I've done all these things now am I uh, now am I enough now am I yeah. okay 
And because that's just not part of how I operate anymore, Hmm. I'd almost forgotten just how ingrained that was. And it is for so many people the, okay, so I've got the job and I've got the money and I've got the education and I've done this and I've done that and now am I enough? And yet internally we haven't done that work. And rereading it and re reverbalizing it was really powerful because I was like, oh wow, yeah, no, that was like the good first 30 years of my life. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, so much. Yeah. And I think as well for me, there was a move away. You know, we think we become adults when we're like 16 or something, and we don't. <laughs> For me, I really began to own my adult, my own adulthood. I suppose when I had children, essentially, mm. but yeah, into my thir- my thir- from about thirty onwards, and that was when I really felt like I didn't. I started to not need the approval from my parents okay. anymore. It was, you know, it's a journey, obviously, because mm. we're still daughters. But um, yeah. yeah. Would you would you kind of concur with something similar? Do you think or definitely? I think that only my adulthood. Hmm, interesting. That probably started like yeah, late twenties, early thirties, and definitely when I had the girls at thirty-two. So my twin girls, Eva and Mia, when I was thirty-two, and I think for me that was obviously a massive life wake-up call anyway to suddenly have two babies (laughs) on your plate but also you're then in the role of mum and having that mirror of parenthood and going oh how much of this am I taking with me how much am I questioning and that has been ongoing and is very interesting in itself and a lot of work around all that um but I think actually in my 40s is where I've really become really stepped into no this is who I am this is yeah. this is me really doing the work on me and stepping out with me I think in my 20s I was ticking all the good girl boxes all the shirts all the career yeah. things all the in 30s it was like okay mum mode uh you know this is my identity moment is very yeah. much about bringing yeah. up small people in my 40s it's like Right, okay. What's this version of me? (laughs) Without all of those labels, what am I doing at the moment? And that is just so juicy and so interesting to um, investigate all of those labels, all those boxes, and consider which ones I want to be in and which ones I really don't. Yeah. And I just, I want to probe that, that motherhood label and identity for a bit, because certainly I think probably every mother can identify with losing yourself losing that sense of self when you become a mom because everything every like second every ounce of blood sweat and tears is put into raising these little things suddenly and it's hard you know even even if you have all the like it you know great birth support all the rest it's still hard and then if you add in things like you know postnatal depression or you know I know that you've had your own issues around this as well and it's 
it's a ton of stuff that kind of for me certainly I felt like my original identity whatever that was just was erased in a in one (laughs) fell swoop but then over and over and over again as well oh my gosh yeah and I think it's really good to voice this sorry so thank you for coming back to that (sighs) yeah um I feel like my identity was (laughs) obliterated and it was hard really hard I think um like going from I mean I'd begun to have chronic health issues so there'd yeah. been a, which I know that you relate to there'd been a side of me that had been dealing with things but essentially I'd gone from being a active independent financially secure on my own terms woman yeah to then uh taking maternity leave uh being exhausted all the time my body was in all kinds of bits after the birth um your like the way that you operate as a a financial system has changed the way that you are as a person is now completely gone and I felt oh I had really really bad postnatal depression um for which I was incredibly lucky and got brilliant support for um but it was as if I no longer mattered yeah and as if um even to like you know dear family members who are excited for us it was like the conversation stopped about how are you it's like just about the family how the girls doing what are they doing and it's like oh wow I'm invisible now (laughs) yeah I can so relate to that as well so relate to that and actually, I felt like it It kind of, for me, and maybe I was <laughs> hypersensitive to it, but for me, I really felt that even at, when I was pregnant, because it was all about the, like, it, there was a dress to me, but it was really about the baby. Mm. And, um, mm. and everything was about the health or the well-being of the baby. And then, you know, I had a run-in with a consultant or two, and it was all, everything was about the baby. And it's like, well, that's great, but I'm here too. What about oh me? <laughs> and I think as well, because it's so, so interesting how um, it's difficult to speak about motherhood issues because yeah. for multiple reasons. I think that certainly the time that I had our girls, that we had our girls, you know, lots of dear friends and family were going through infertility things and very traumatic stuff over there and it's you know I'm so honored and blessed that we had these children I didn't expect to be able to have them you know given endometriosis has been a massive part of my life yeah and it's so difficult because I I want to honor everyone's experience and for there to be space to say this is really hard yeah and for it to be acknowledged that when you're physical body your emotional body your spiritual body your psyche is completely on the floor yeah to be able to say that without it diminishing from anyone else's experience yeah um because actually I I it was so difficult that I and it's it was really hard to be able to express it quite often because it's very much like oh but look how lucky you are oh but look what you've got yeah but I'm struggling to get through every day yeah and yeah. I want to be rooted in this experience and now you know so our girls are almost 12 and 
you know, my partner Miles and I would quite often revisit those memories and talk about things we did, but we acknowledged that we tried to be present in those moments, but when you're <laughs> so tired. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can't. And yeah. there's, there's now a sense of grief around what we don't have now because they're now growing up knowledge that this bit's going to go fast as well so I feel like the identity piece of it is just shifting so quickly but the what it is to be a mum of tweens yes. is completely different to a mum of toddlers and it will be different again so it's like I'm refinding pieces of me and I'm sure you relate to this like I'm refinding pieces of me again but also letting go of that identity of motherhood in a different way so it's like I didn't have that for very long and now it's oh yeah no I I absolutely I'm finding that right now because they are in that you know pre-teen phase which mm. I felt it was feel like it's too soon honestly <laughs> you know they're 10 and 11 but um yeah they're definitely starting to make that shift and I'm already feeling I'm not I'm not ready for that next phase yet um, and I'm finding it super challenging and feeling like my role as a mother is already being shelved. You know, mm-hmm. it's that kind of gradual detachment again, isn't it, of um, from them and letting them go and become their own people. And that, when you've been, literally you've given everything over to that, it's kind of... <laughs> so hard and the fact and and the fact that nature designs it so that that stage happens while we're starting to enter perimenopause with its own little buckaroo of hormonal things is interesting because you know as as they're going through their teen transformations we're going through our other end of it and it's like really because there's a lot of hormones going on in everyone's houses when that happens oh yeah (laughs) And what I find so incredibly frustrating and sad is that none of this is talked about. I think it's beginning to be, especially, you know, in fantastic groups and peer groups like like you hold. But generally speaking, it's just not talked about. And, you know, I really actually I really feel for the generations before us where... Like it literally wasn't talked about at ever. It wasn't even acknowledged. Probably a lot of women didn't even know what was going on, honestly. So true. And in fact, it's so I think I've been perimenopausal for a couple of years and it's kind of accelerating. And I'm noticing exactly that, Zoe, that there's, there's pockets of conversations going on now where it's like let's talk about this let's share this what are you finding how are you dealing with it who like what support can we get and honestly the only snapshot I had in my head and this is so stereotypical was that it happens for like a year or two women get a bit red and a bit sweaty and a bit blustery and a bit moody and then it's done and it's all a bit funny and but how patriarchal is that yeah like the women become this like hilarious menopausal thing and and actually starting to go through it it's like wow there's hair loss there's you know weight gain there's moves like anxiety for me off the charts there's all sorts of the estrogen depletes yeah there's all sorts of things in the game that can really throw you off and that reconnection to self is so important and it's a sacred thing I feel like this is a beautiful sacred part of our feminine journey to step into like 
an even more badass, wiser like version. And we're going through some of this stuff and it actually needs to be spoken about because, yeah. you know, to feel like that is actually quite scary. And supported as well. I mean, you know, our cycles are not supported either, you know, kind of systematically, structurally or um, medically, you know, or mm. nutritionally. None of it is really talked about unless you go and see like, you know, a specialist, a functional medicine doctor or, or somebody similar. And that in itself, you know, we we have the knowledge now to be able to lean into our cycles and embrace them and actually enjoy them. Mm. And yet that knowledge I feel is being held back from us, from, from, from everybody, from every woman, unless you have the financial and, you know, the kind of social means to go out and, and really get it. Yeah, I think that, so I, I was on and off the coil to treat endometriosis and I reached a stage some years ago where I was on this whole cocktail of medications and HRT and coil and all sorts of things to manage endometriosis to the point where I didn't know what was affecting what yeah. anymore. And I was like, hang on a minute. And we've got to hysterectomy stage. And I was like, can I just... <laughs> Yeah, I just want to stop for a minute and start to take all this. And it, every time I removed something, I'd have like another six months like withdrawal or hormone drop or change, remove yeah. the next thing, go through it. And but then I got to my cycles again, and I'm like, wow, right, this is what it's like to have my cycle. And so, yeah, it's painful, and yeah, they're erratic. But um, for me, I love the power of knowing where I'm creative, you know which parts yeah. of me need to ebb and flow like yeah. where do I feel really aligned when do I need to go within how do I how does that sync up with the moon and that happily costs nothing because that's just awareness and that's about um self-knowledge and yes. um accessing that part of you and it is so incredibly powerful but yet we are just taught to mask it to make it go away let's hide the pain let's hide the symptoms and also to fear it as well you know there's this uh, the, the a sense of fear but also a sense of it just being um you know irritating it's a nuisance it, it interrupts our kind of everyday life and yet when you you know from my from my point of view as well I have learned like you to lean into it and to embrace mm. the different um, kind of textures, the different real visceral kind of uh, possibility in each part of the cycle. And knowing that, yes, there is a part where, you know, I just need to be really, really tender with myself and, and let the people around me know as well. But also, you know, there's a part of my cycle where I'm just like, bring it on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so important. And then you've and got I... other bits in between. And to be, to, ha to be so disconnected from that, which honestly I was since, well, probably forever really. But, you know, I, I started taking the pill, I think, when I was 16, mm. possibly, which is really common incredibly common and then I was on and off it for a couple of decades yeah 
Me too. And the stuff it did to my body is it's incredible. And but you know, to give ourselves compassion for our sixteen-year-old versions of ourselves, we were doing the best we could at the yeah. time. We were being responsible, and you know, I love at the moment being able to model in a little way to my girls. You know, one of them started her her cycle now, and you know. If she's tired and needs to cuddle up, great, let's embrace that. Like, I yes. want them to know that we don't push through. We don't um, just ignore what our body's saying. It's like, if you need to rest, then you rest. If you need, um, you know, hot water bottle, cup of tea, back to bed, great. But there's space for that. It's not about failing or about not getting on and being productive. And, you know, we, women are the gateway of life. And to be... <laughs> <laughs> used to uh it being like a task list or productive day that gets interrupted because we're giving yeah. space for our magical cycles is absolutely nuts isn't it it really is and yeah you're right I'm so so happy that we having kind of embraced that or in the process of doing so because it's an ongoing journey at least for me to be able to pass that on and feel like where we can empower the next generation rather than passing on that kind of irritation <laughs> yeah absolutely and but then by all the work that we do around embracing who we are and our femininity and our power we're breaking so many cycles by doing that yes for our girls yes absolutely what do you think is if, if there's kind of one thing that you would love your girls to just just know so deeply within themselves as they're you know over the as they're growing up but maybe over the next 10 years in particular what would that be mm, trust yourself trust your instincts um and to know that you're enough really because mm. that's what teenage me didn't know 20 year old you know in my 20s the amount of times that we override those instincts and those knowings and all that intuition and then you forget what it actually is when it's guiding you yeah so trust when your body says no trust when you have a gut feeling about something trust your intuition because it's there and it's powerful and know yourself mm. I love that. Yeah, I've been trying to kind of um, begin to um, talk about the difference between what our, you know, like brain and knowledge and mm. <clears throat> um, things that we're taught explicitly versus, yeah, that inner, that inner voice, which both my kids are very different, but um, I think each in their own way they they have it but they also struggle to tune into it mm -hmm. and and it's finding that way of supporting them and finding that and tuning in without it becoming another chore <laughs> another thing that oh mommy's trying to do this with us now <laughs> I know 
I try and sort of crack open some conversations. I'm like, so digital safety. And they're like, oh, oh no. And I try and like sort of weave it in. And then I really don't weave it in very well. But actually, I think what, what we forget there is that we're probably embodying a lot of stuff without realising it. Yeah. And my goodness, to live with you as a mother must just be such a, such a gift. Like you're an entirely <laughs> magical being. Oh, no. <laughs> but even though you don't think you are, um, you know, you're, you're showing them all kinds of stuff. And I'm probably showing my girls. And I remember um, years ago when mine was still fairly tiny and Eva was writing a journal in bed. And I said, oh, what are you writing? And she, she said, I'm just doing my gratitude journal. I'd never taught her this, but she'd seen it. And I was like, yeah. okay, stuff gets in. Or, you know, they'll, they'll uh, you know, we used to do lots of tapping when they were younger. Yeah. There was anxiety. We'd, so I'd, I'd make stuff normal because to me it is normal. And I think, you know, other ways of thinking are getting in. And, you know, we have discussions about how people are reacting at school or in friendship groups and what other perspectives might be available, that kind of thing. So, although obviously as parents, we always think we're doing the worst job in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's probably doing it way better, but... <laughs> I'm sure stuff's getting through daily. I find it really funny because, um, you know, I I do like there's very few days I don't have some kind of yoga, breathwork, meditation, you know, practice. And, um, you know, I do it in front of them now. I the, Like 10 years ago, I couldn't do that. Or even probably even five years ago, I'd feel weird doing it in front of them and I'd want my own space. But now mm. I'm just like, well, you know. I've got to do it. <laughs> and also, there is no space currently, thanks to COVID. Exactly. So. Exactly. But they, <laughs> so see me, yeah. they see me do this every day. And um, I swear they just block it out. You know, I've, I've tried to kind of get them to embrace some aspects of it when they're, because they're both quite anxious people. Mm. And, um, you know, parts of the breathing or the, you know, like humming breath or yeah just various things and they're like yeah <laughs> but you never know you know later on that's a seed that's been planted Zoe and they'll know that that's a thing that helps and I swear because I you know I do breath work daily now and um <laughs> But I swear it's like a magnet for my family. As soon as I start doing my breath rounds or I'm on a breath hold, somebody walks in with a full-on conversation and I'm trying to go... <laughs> or ask like, a question. Yeah. You're, you're holding your breath and somebody asks you a question and you're like... <laughs> it's, yeah, literally every day. It's, it's just become hilarious now. But um, I think yeah, there's so much stuff that we normalise. But even, you know, what just pained into my mind then was I know, we've, you know we're both we both love our water and our wild swimming and so I know my girls will see me you know go to the river and love my time in the water and it's making them think about you know coming in and swimming and being in nature more and stuff that we do naturally um the other day Eva said to me um I can't wait until London opens back up again so we can drive you down to one of your raves and go and have a look at an art gallery and I was like I've won at parenting now that's what she's missing is dropping mummy off at a rave and then having a spot of lunch after an art gallery amazing okay (laughs) but that that is obviously something in there that maybe later on even as an adult she's thinking oh that was fun or that was cool that was yeah 
Um, even though it feels like at the moment all we're doing is watching episodes of Friends on endless repeat <laughs> and trying to convince them to go for a walk. Oh, God, yeah. Get out the house. Go on, go. <laughs> Get off the sofa. <laughs> I'll literally pay you to go to the shop. Yeah, it's it is, it's definitely been a year of of challenging. If if I hadn't been so much more grounded in um who I am, you know, and I think that that is that yeah, since kind of turning 40, there's that magical number. Just really owning, well, this is this is who I am. This is what's really important to me. You know, that's it that's all that's important um but before that and especially being a parent my god being being in lockdown would just help you to feel like the worst possible parent in the world and I have definitely had moments of that (laughs) probably quite a lot actually me too yeah Oh, yeah so so hard so so hard being a parent right now it is and um it's so interesting isn't it? I was speaking to my lovely stepmom last night and you know I see for the older generations who are on their own they're so lonely chronically lonely and yet we are with people that we love dearly but I'm chronically desperate for my own space I know that you quite often resonate with that um you're you're someone who I know I can pop into WhatsApp and go help sorry I need to place this somewhere and you go yes witnessed understood um and it's it's you know we're at the stage of like lack of personal space being really difficult uh and there's people who are desperate to see people and so it's interesting seeing this big like this chasm of difference in what we're all experiencing and um yeah what things will be like when we begin to reintegrate on our own terms or whatever that looks like uh yes how do you feel about that because for me I've noticed a lot of anxiety kind of bubbling under the surface it's not been really out there it's not like I'm agoraphobic or anything Mm -hmm. but I do feel like I don't want to go out I don't want to see people even strangers I don't want to see people which is really weird I mean I am an introvert but you know I'm still sociable Mm. and uh yeah yeah. I completely relate I'm in fact just thinking about it makes my skin go cold it's not it's the people who all want to catch up or who say oh we need to catch up it's like well actually I want I need to catch up with myself because yeah. there's been very little ability to do that. And I don't feel like I'm ready to integrate greatly with people and mm-hmm. unless there's that equal balance of ability to be on my own, which will happen a bit more as the kids are back at school next week. But um, mm, I don't have this big kind of, oh, can't wait to, to have these big groups of people. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I, and I, but on the other side, there's a lot of it that I love. Like I've just really fallen back in love with where I live, and oh. because we're forced to be local, aren't we? Um, 
and I love going to different places. I love exploring. I love going to different places. But it's like, okay, we're having to really micro explore all these different yeah. areas where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've really enjoyed um, like the obligation side of social not being there. The kind yeah. of, I mean, as a family, there's always a million things that you should do, need to do. People that, you know, extended family stuff and not having any of that has actually. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, the joy of missing out. <laughs> totally. And so now it's like, what should we do at the weekend? Nothing. Great. Because we actually can't. So that's fun. Um, and obviously there's stuff that I that we all miss doing, but I don't miss having the weekends all being mapped out for oh. us because yeah. X, Y, Z. Burying people around. Burying people to parties yeah. or social events or whatever. Yeah. That has been great. And which is a reminder of boundaries of that we can choose how we spend our time. So, yeah. yeah, I have mixed feelings about it, but mainly I need to sit by myself for quite a long time and rock backwards and forwards. Did you find a tree yesterday? <laughs> what did I do yesterday? Do you know what I did yesterday in the end? I went to the gym, went outside the gym. And um, I did have a walk on my own as well, Zoe, after dropping into a box up, I had a walk on my own, got my feet on the earth, right. and I went to the gym for a bit and just just had a little reach around a shop on my own, which felt kind of like just that half an hour of, oh, <laughs> no one's going to come and find me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, trees and nature are my mainstay. Um, and yeah, it just, just that it plugs us back in doesn't it just to breathe for a little bit on our own so much so much I know that you obviously love and are so dedicated to your wild swimming I'm you know I'm quite envious really because I I generally I'm not I haven't got that don't get that often um at the moment for various reasons but Mm. you're super dedicated is there what else do you do to to really come back to the core of you? Mm. Swimming, yeah. So the wild swimming and the cold wild swimming. I mean, I'm very lucky, Zoe, that I live right near a river mm. um, with loads of beautiful access points to get into it. So I'm very privileged to have that. But that is the most instant reaccess to self for me. Um, more especially so you know there's a dear friend that I swim with I used to swim in a wide term here because on some days it's literally cold water immersion yelping for a few minutes on some days it's swimming on some days it's a mixture um but there's one friend who is who we hold space with and for each other in a really lovely way and it's like a just a therapeutic session for us so that is like instant re-immersion to self I well the breath work is a big part of it as well yeah centering I feel really odd if I haven't centered myself with breath work in a day I journal um and I make space to just reflect on a daily basis immersion in nature of any form Mm. you know sitting in my trees going for my walks um but what I love 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 to do is is yoga dancing whether it's at home or out and about um and in fact, yesterday I just stuck on <laughs> loads of really cheesy 90s tunes and was baking my sourdough in the kitchen oh. and 
just for that minute it was like okay now I feel like Joe I'm singing away I've got my music on I've got all the lyrics wrong because it's from the early 90s and we you know, <laughs> didn't have the lyrics online in those days and we didn't have smash hits or, or whatever you, at the time you, you memorize the, the fate the the words in your head you memorize the the, the wrong lyrics yeah memorize it all wrong had a massive sing song so moments like that I feel bring me back to me or painting get my artwork out um like those little pockets but sometimes like when there's that heaviness of the collective energy or of just lockdown fatigue or just general fatigue it's so hard to get to those moments and there's been several days weeks recently where it's like I'm just talking to myself kindly and it's like okay feels quite slow this morning like what's a little thing that I can do that might plug me back in and it's like right I can whack on some Fleetwood Mac and brew a nice coffee great have I got energy to put some makeup on yeah let's see if that helps like tiny tiny steps yeah to reconnect oh that's such a, a really fundamental thing that I think is not talked about enough because you know, you go on Instagram and there's all these like, this is how you take control of your life. This is how you fix your health problems. These five steps will lead you to greatness. <laughs> and when you're in the thick of it, nobody talks about that, really. Nobody talks about that. You know, I've just had a few days where I really, really felt so heavy physically, mentally, emotionally and spiritually just like a lead weight honestly and with that all of the kind of you know the the stuff the mind chatter that you feel like you should have you know somehow progressed beyond by now (laughs) and it's still there and it comes back in those moments and yeah nobody talks about that like it doesn't exist and I know it's not just us (laughs) I know I know. And you're right. If we look on social when we're in that state, I mean, first of all, the social is the worst place to be when you're in that state, isn't it? Yes. It's so hard. Um, everyone's out there doing amazing things. If you look at my feed often, it'll look amazing. And so, like, if you look at either of us, we look like we're flying all the time. But, but I think we're both really good at also talking about when we when we feel called to saying actually this is what's happening at the moment and I know certainly that whenever I do share from behind the curtain of like this is how it is at the moment that oh my goodness that's the they're the posts they're the words that resonate yeah. with people because you're finally saying yeah there's great stuff happening but oh my gosh this is really hard guys and yeah. um yeah often it is just the tiny moments of you know, it's hard today. It's really, really hard. What do I need to do to help myself? Do I need to move a meeting? Do I need to clear my day? Do I need yeah. to sit in my pajamas? Yeah. Or would it help me more to feel like I just got out for ten minutes or something? Like tiny, tiny, tiny goals. Because actually, at the moment, life is still really tricky for lots it of is. us in lots of different ways. And that if you think about the long-term stress we've all been living under for so many yeah. different reasons 
yeah because of the pandemic and all the impact of all that and even though you know I recognize that I'm in a massive place of privilege with like all the kids have access to devices I've got fields at the back of me rivers I can swim in I'm warm I'm fed yeah. like I'm so lucky and it's hard because you know I mean, I'm personally grieving my dad who died and, and lots of other family members and a couple of friends who died as well. Plus, we grieve loss of personal space. We grieve loss of all things that did happen or didn't happen. And we're living with the daily fear collectively. So all those things combined after a year. Daily fear and uncertainty of where we're going as well. You know, that I really don't think that can be underestimated at all. We previous to this we had a perception of what the future even just Mm. the next year might look like and now that that's been completely taken away there is absolutely no certainty about what where we'll be next year what the rules will be you know and I think for me, that's that's really taking its toll on a daily basis. And even if you're not consciously aware of that or acknowledging it, it's there. Mm. It's there. And it, you know, that's a that's a chronic stress that is constant. Yeah. That because it goes right back to that feeling of safety and certainty that we, you know, is a basic survival instinct. And when we don't have that, it's a threat. It's a direct threat to our survival. So we are on high alert all the time. We are, we really are. And um, you know, there's definitely waves, isn't there, where collectively you see, you see people struggling on mass, you see I, I noticed that. Um, it'll be at certain points for me I'll suddenly reach a stage of just feeling so hemmed in and so trapped and so sad and so disappointed and so all those things angry and then I can move through it if it takes as long as it takes sometimes like I yeah obviously have all the tools sometimes but then you know, you know the other day I was like right I'm really angry really sad I'm gonna set myself a timer and I'm gonna bawl and howl for like 10 minutes oh, and then I'm gonna see if I can if I can put it back oh, but I'm gonna let myself just go with it but um yeah the the stuff that our systems have been under is enormous and you know the fact that we are still showing up and doing things still creating still yeah having conversations Zoe I mean look at you having this beautiful conversation with your gorgeous artwork behind you like you've been making magic throughout that so for me this this has been my lifeline and I you know I was speaking to somebody yesterday where I I said you know the universe pushed me into this and that that was my fortune that was my yeah because without all of this I don't know where I'd be honestly without you know talking to some people like you just you know you inspire me and motivate me every day and I feel like I've got that real connection to other people who are shining their light and living really, I hate the word authentic now, but. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah completely. And in fact, as I shared with you, uh, you know, through WhatsApp yesterday, um, you know, 
it's just such a pleasure to have a conversation like this and you know I have very few calls in my week now by design but the ones I do have are with glorious humans and you jump on you like breath of fresh air like lovely person to interact and reflect back with and to have some human connection with and it's beautiful it's a gift um and it is a lifeline Zoe it is so what what motivates you to keep showing up and keep striving to be become more Joe? Hmm. I'm I am loving and relishing the adventure of becoming more Joe of what Joe is capable of. Um without social approval, without, you know, pre-designed destinations or inheriting goals that aren't mine, which I did for a long time, even on the self-development path. You know, it was like, unless I have the massive house with the shiny, you know, glass box on the back, and then I failed, you know, all of these things amongst many other ridiculous goals. Really easy to do, yeah. And so it's like, okay, I mean, a great example that if, is the world swimming recently. It's like I just followed a breadcrumb and I got into the water when I felt called to it. You know, I documented that a little bit. Turned out that I was invited to swim through winter with some people. Now it turns out I'm co-leading a group of 400 people now at the Cambridge Blue Tits. And it's like, okay. And then that leads me to a quite fancy train to swim an ice mile. Or like... <laughs> Or, or I quite fancy, you know, and I'm, I'm itching to get my paddleboard back on this yeah. spring and where can I adventure to? And I'm loving that analogy of adventure of saying just what if, what if I can swim a little bit over the river and then paddle a bit and then hike and, um, you know, where, where can I play? Yeah. And I'm enjoying... Mm, I'm enjoying getting out of my own way and just letting what happens happen. But I'm also really noticing the days weeks even where I wake up and think I've got nothing to say I don't know what I'm doing anymore what am I doing but trusting that as the cyclical nature comes back round, I will want to share something I will trust that there's a voice there's something that wants to come through so I think what motivates me to keep showing up is because in showing up for myself and for other people I'm just discovering more of that possibility oh I'm stepping into like a massive unknown and um just letting things happen now which I had no idea would even be possible yeah and go okay let's play with that for a bit so it's and also I know that when I process things verbally or in the written words or in whatever it is I feel called to share that's usually because it also has an impact on someone else. So I trust that by transmuting and processing my own stuff and putting it out into the world in whatever way, there's usually people who message or email or whatever and just say, thank you, I needed to hear that. So I'm like, so that's what motivates me as well, is knowing that if I do the work, if I talk about that journey, that stuff in my own way, then maybe it serves a couple of people and that is amazing. Oh, you're right. And you're, you're absolutely right. You know, 
I love that you trust that in yourself as well, because my God, you know, it's hard getting to that point where you tr- you trust yourself enough, you're confident enough that your um, experiences actually might reflect, you know, back on other people. You know, I I grew up very much feeling like I was the odd one out. I was the only person to feel this way ever, <laughs> whatever it was. And unraveling all of that and realizing that actually so much of, you know, it's just human experience. Yes, there are, you know, there are bits of my own story in there, like there are for all of us. But mm-hmm. how amazing to get to a space in our life where you're confident in sharing your own feelings, you know difficulties challenges all of that because you know somebody else needs to hear it you just know Mm. but and it relates back to what we started talking about right at the top of our chat is that when I have those days where I'm like Joe what the hell are you doing with your life what is your purpose anyway what are you you've got nothing to say I usually go oh that sounds a bit like we're on day 22 let me just check on my little <laughs> and I, I think I can usually tell by my inner talk where I am in my cycle and trusting if I've just got nothing in there I'm completely questioning what I am here to say or share or do or produce that I'm like this always turns around Joe this always turns yeah, around yeah. so let's just hang in there and um but yeah you're right actually it's taken a long time to trust that because that would have been the stage where I would have burned everything down or yeah. gone into hustle mode or gone into overcompensation or comparison mode and now I sit with it I'm like cool you've got nothing to say mate let's just not say anything for a bit listen exactly. create space all fine Yes, and I just did that this weekend. So I turned off social media. I, you know, eventually, not straight away, I did I did write a post to say, just a little post to say, I'm social media fasting because all of the voices in my head said, I'm just going to delete my accounts. I'm not going to tell anybody where I've gone. I'm going to see if anybody misses me. Yeah, oh, love. <laughs> But I've learned, I've learned that that's a repeat pattern. I've learned, and you know what? That's one of the most, um, it made me laugh because I didn't write very much at all. I just said, I'm social media fasting. See you in a few days. And it got so many likes. But here's the thing, because I I always say that if I'm going to take some time off social, I'm going to this weekend because it's it's my dad's birthday tomorrow and I'm going to want to be in just a space away from it all and you always see the comments of oh if people are going to be off social media just go don't tell us I'm like no because actually I find it really helpful if someone's saying they're going off it's a reminder to me that it's yes it normalizes it for one it's like yeah of course I can step away also what if I want to check if they're all right and I see a post that says they're off okay great I'll text them or just check in a different way but I think to voice it and and just say I'm stepping away normalizes that behavior yeah important. yeah so that was me parenting myself basically well done, dude. <laughs> and C- ceoing as well as i'll saying but um but also i let myself just curl up on the sofa for a couple of days with a harry potter 
and I, I haven't read Harry Potter in bloody years because my kids, honestly, we've ha- I'm not joking. We've had Harry Potter, um, all of them being read like umpteen times over, and then on audiobook for years on end. <laughs> yeah, so you're like done with it now. But but yeah, yeah I just felt like I, you know I just need to re- sit down with a kids book and then. Um, do you know what I did that recently? Um, so my world swimming buddy, Yaz, she's a kids author and she, and she recommended a beautiful book to me, um, The House with Chicken Legs. And she just said, Joe, if you just need to switch off and just read something really just magical but lovely. Oh my goodness, Kidlet is gorgeous, isn't it, for that? It really and, is. You know, I mean, Harry Potter's brilliant for that as well. You can just lose yourself in some magical worlds for a bit. It's easy to read. You're not going to concentrate on much stuff. And and that's such a gift. But how hard was it for you to switch off and to then curl up on the sofa? It was all your inner voices screaming about stuff? To be yeah, done? I, there definitely were some. I think because it's the Easter holidays, it was a little bit easier, though, because it's like, well, the kids are at home and stuff as well. So, you know, I, yeah. I have to be here anyway. So, yeah. And um, I have got I have become kinder to myself in those moments, even though, you know, there might be a war raging in my head. Um. <laughs> some part of me is is still looking after me basically yes. I don't know which part yay that part of Zoe <laughs> go go but yeah oh Joe it's such such a joy to speak to you in this way and I I think we should do this every week actually but um I'm completely down with that thank you it's just so always it's always lovely to spend any time with you and it's been beautiful exploring areas of conversation that I haven't spoken about in a while, like motherhood and yeah, gorgeous corners of things. That I could just talk to you for days. Um, and thank you for having me. Well, I have one last question. Oh, okay. Um, so I guess it comes back to where we where we all are now, where we all might be going. <laughs> But um, and also tapping into some of some of the feelings around everything that is going on, everything that is being kind of thrown up at the moment. What do you really feel humanity needs right now? If there if there is possibly one thing. Mm. Oh my goodness! What does humanity need? So it feels so trite, but the word love is just the one that pings in, like self-love, love for each other, like under which I would put tolerance and respect and what do we need? There's so many things we need, isn't it? There's so many things that we need. Um Really got me. Let me have a little delve around into my word bank. What I see in like smaller groups and on the collective really is people need space to be heard. Yeah. To be witnessed. They need com- the compassion, maybe, is a word that might yeah. fill some of those. 
um, compassion to ourselves, to be how we are, compassion for others. Yeah, we need light as well. We need more light from people like you, like me, just doing our thing and shining it in what feels like small corners sometimes, but there's a ripple effect. Yeah. Oh, I just really felt into that as you were expressing it. And it just, honestly, it just made me kind of really drop down and think, Everything's going to be okay. Somehow. Yeah. It will be. And, you know, we've done the last year, which has been incredibly tumultuous and all the things, and yet hugely expansive. And this is a massive journey that we're all on. Um, and it will be okay in whatever okay looks like for each of us. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, somehow. Yeah. We'll check in in 10 years and see what's happened. <laughs> oh, yeah, I lied. It wasn't okay. <laughs> Joe, you said it's going to be okay. I'll hold you to that. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Thank you, Joe, so much for your time today and Thank for you. sharing your your core truths but honestly so much of you so much of you you're just you shine so brightly and also I love that you share your shadows as well I love that you share your challenges so openly I think you're such a great such a great model for for all of us honestly so thank oh my goodness Thank you, Zoe. I received that and I love you. I love you <laughs> and all that you are and all that you do. Um, you are one incredible human. Thank you for sharing space with me today, beautiful. Thank you so much. Where can we find you, Joel? Yeah, best place to start is to come over to Instagram um, at the Joe Giffords and come say hi. And there's links to all the things I'm up to over there. But yeah, if you found me through Zoe, just come and say hi. I'd love to meet you. Um, yeah.